I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about the Taliban's September 11th message to America. Clay Clark of Tulsa and the Thrive Time Show joins me. Huge Arizona audit news. And we're going to talk about Dr. Fauci. And Senate Rand Paul says Fauci lied. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. The ugly fallout continues to happen related to the decision and the method by which President Biden chose to withdraw American troops from Afghanistan. Among the major things that are just, I mean, in your face, or probably more crude expressions I could use, but in your face decisions the Taliban has made is they've announced recently who they're appointing, at least on an interim basis, to their new government. Four of the five people who were released from Gitmo under President Obama in exchange for the deserter, at very least deserter, uh, I can't think of his name, Bergell, whatever it was. We had an American, Bo Bergell, we had an American soldier who deserted, got captured, and our government traded true terrorists we had safely contained at Gitmo to get this one guy back who wasn't even really supporting his, his uh, position in the military. And among those five people, in fact, I'm gonna ask Matthew Wanoff to put them up. There's a picture of these five charmers that we released, these uh, gentlemen, we were safely holding them in Gitmo and we, we released them. Released them, uh, leave that up for a second, Matt, uh, back to the Taliban. And now you can see beneath four of the five, there is a, a title under them. These people, that we had were terrorists in Gitmo that we traded to get Bo Bergdahl back. The gentleman on the left, he's going to be the new information and culture minister. Next guy, deputy defense minister. Next guy, intelligence director. Skip one, last one, the border and tribal affairs minister. So, and also the Taliban has announced that these great positions are gonna be formally announced to the world, introduced to the world on September 11th. I'm sure you realize it's coming Saturday. Okay, we can take those people off. On Saturday, this coming Saturday, September 11th, is the 20th anniversary of the horrific attacks in America on the World Trade Center, on the Pentagon, and uh, in, in a uh, hillside in Pennsylvania where nearly 3,000 Americans perished in an Islamic attack. That's what it was. It was an Islamic jihadist attack. So the message from the Taliban that we are... We'll get to Millie in a moment, but the message from the Taliban is, you know, you can't contain our horrific, violent Taliban leaders, our fighters, because you release them, and we're going to put it right in your face, not just in your face to America, in your face to the world. The message to the world is, look, you know what? Americans surrender these people to us, and now we're putting them in our government here in Afghanistan. I, I mean, the 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 uh, symbolism is not to be denied. It is an intentional uh, smack across America's face and in our face statement of, you know, we're really in charge, and we made fools of you, America, and the whole world saw it, and they still see it. So you have that happening on Saturday. Those four people announced to be part of the Taliban government. Other steps I want to mention very briefly about the Taliban coming to control uh, in Afghanistan. There was a women's march. Apparently, apparently some Afghani women actually believed the Taliban when they said they would put some women in positions of power. Now, if you have listened to my show very often, listened to the experts I've had in the show about Islam, there is no way a seriously dedicated jihadist government, jihadist organization, which is, which is what the Taliban is, would permit a woman to have any position of authority. It is impermissible, it's laughable under Islam. 
But these women apparently thought Taliban was serious, so they dress up in their hijabs, covered head to toe, go out in public in Kabul to make a protest to say, hey, Taliban, you said that you would have some women in the interim government. And look, it's all men. You know, we want to have some women in the government, too. To which the Taliban responded by arresting and by publicly whipping, whipping some of these women because they dared to protest the Taliban. So, you know, talk about the uh, response. In case you didn't get the message, they do not care what women think about anything. Last little story that happened in Afghanistan, I'll close out the first five by saying this, was that there was a pregnant police officer woman, a woman who was a police officer under the, you know, Taliban or under Afghan government as America was there, keeping it somewhat civilized, a woman police officer who was pregnant and the Taliban came to her home, murdered her in front of her children, in front of her family, and they are going around rounding up other women who have the audacity to believe they could hold positions like police officer in the country because women are to be subservient. That's one of the main goals of Islam is keep women subservient. So we're watching a mess unfold in the Middle East. I do want to have, I will have a few more positive comments later about America and our remembrance on September 11th. But I have sought off and I'll close out the first five by saying this. We united, America united after September 11th in large part because almost everyone had the reaction, we didn't deserve this. Why would anyone do this? Why would these people we've never heard of, we have no involvement with, why would they do this? Over the decades, two decades since then, many people have come to learn more about Islam than they ever understood before. They've come to understand it really wasn't because we, America, did anything. It wasn't because they were punishing America or retaliating against America. It had nothing to do with what America had done. The entire point of the attacks of September 11th was the message that Islamic Jihad was on the rise again, as it has been. Islamic Jihad has been on attack since the time of the creation of Islam, the time that we had Muhammad bringing forth this new faith and the entire history of Islam in the world has been a history of conquest. If you missed a show when I interviewed Raymond Ibrahim recently, I can't urge you strong enough to listen to him again. He's written a brilliant book describing the entire history of Islam is one of conquering non-Christian, conquering anyone who won't convert to Islam. The basic message of all the jihadists to the rest of the world is you're going you're gonna, to uh, become a Muslim or you're going to become subservient or you're going to, we're going to kill you. Or some of them just say, you know, you're going to convert or we're going to kill you. This has been the history of Islam since the very beginning. This does not mean that there are not peaceful Muslims in the world. Yes, there are. There are peaceful Muslims all over the world, including in America. But the core teachings of Islam completely justify what Islamic Jihad has done over the millennia, completely justify what the jihadists did on September 11th. And so we'd love to have the best thing on this 20th anniversary upcoming of September 11th is more Americans, more alert, more aware, more willing to recognize that there is actually a very big difference between Western civilization, Christianity and freedom and the presumed right of the individual to live in freedom and what is taught and enforced by Islam and their form of law, which is Sharia. The best outcome would be if more and more people understood that and had the awareness to recognize our foreign policy, our immigration policy must take into account how differently Islamic doctrine teaches people to behave than Christian doctrine, Christian ideology teaches people to act. Huge difference, and we're never going to make that difference go away. We're never going to make it go away. But on this 20th anniversary of September 11th, upcoming and just Saturday, it's kind of ironic and not a good thing that what we're doing in America on September 11th is watching the Taliban, one of the most nefarious, deadly Islamic jihadist groups in the world, put in place in their government people we had captured, we had in custody at Gitmo, and we showed our American weakness by releasing them and letting them go, and they're showing what they have to say to us by putting them in charge of the new Islamic jihadist Taliban government in Afghanistan. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. I mentioned at the start of the show, we have Clay Clark joining us. I have to tell you, he's been on the show a few times. I've been on his show, too. Clay Clark is a talk show host. Uh, 
that's even diminishing to say that's the only thing he is. He is a talk show host in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He is a, a just a wound up, dedicated, relentless patriot. He is someone who actually spent time. He was on the show a few weeks ago on a Thursday. We did more of a deep dive discussion about what brought him into all of his activism. But he is an extremely well-informed conservative. He gets great guests on his shows. But he's also been part of a great mission to bring uh, rallies around America and various cities in America to help people wake up and understand what happened in the elections of 2020, what the dangers are we face as a country if we end up not supporting our right to dig in, to find the truth, to get to the answers on the on election fraud. He's just a patriot who organizes enormously successful rallies with, with top-notch speakers. And I wanted to come on today because he's doing something very, very special at a rally upcoming in September. So without further ado, let's bring on, and there he is. Hello, Clay. Hey, I really do appreciate you allowing me to be on your show, and I appreciate you bringing uh, knowledge bombs supported by that controversial thing called facts to each and every one of your shows. Thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. I know. Actually, there was a great write-up, and I'm going to do a little spiel on it next week that talk about the difference between how uh, conservatives and liberals think. If you don't care about facts, then you can think anything. You can think anything if you don't care about facts. Well, I'm going to go to the Bible, uh, if I can, to start off my little take today. You know, Hebrews 10.25 uh, states, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as ye see the day approaching. Now, what does the word exhorting mean? Exhorting means to encourage. So I'll try it again. So not forsaking the assembling of ourselves as patriots together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting, encouraging one another, and so much more as ye see the day approaching. So General Flynn and I, we're doing these Reawaken America events. Our next one is going to be in September. We're only going to do seven of these, okay? So September 24th and 25th, the event is already sold out. But I wanted to hop on your show, and I appreciate you allowing me to be here today, because I have a million reasons to be here. We lost the lives of 13 brave American soldiers that were just killed in Afghanistan. And America's real general, General Flynn, wants to shower these families with love. He wants to exhort these families. He wants to exhort the troops at a time where American troops are being demoralized for a variety of woke reasons. America's real general, General Flynn, wants to exhort and encourage these families who've lost their, their families, their loved ones here who were killed in Afghanistan. And so when we when you turn on the, the Thrive Time show, Reawaken America Tour, on September 24th and 25th, you're going to go to timetofreeamerica.com. Everybody should write that down, timetofreeamerica.com, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., both days, live from Colorado Springs. Yes, you'll see Mike Lindell. Yes, you're going to see General Flynn. Yes, you're going to see Simone Gold. You're going to see all the big names. We've brought in Bobby Kennedy and Linwood, and we brought in Sidney Powell and so many big people to these events. But we are going to turn this into a massive fundraiser, and General Flynn and I are going to see if we can raise as much money as possible to support these families because we do not want these families who have lost their loved one to feel discouraged. We want every single uh, person who's in this fight with us to feel encouraged during these times. And so we're going to try to see how much money we can raise on September 24th and 25th. And because we've had uh, up to 7.1 million people stream these Reawaken America events online, online simultaneously, I do believe it's going to be a great showing, and I'm fired up. You most certainly are fired up. I mean, I, was, I, I love it. I was going to mention for our listeners, I didn't know it was sold out. I mean, obviously it's sold out by now. I wouldn't be. But this is in September. So it's, you know, we're yep. early September now. This is September 24th and 25th, Colorado Springs. You can watch online, timetofreeamerica.com. You can watch all these great speakers. It's not as good as being there, I'm sure. But it still is a wonderful thing. You can watch it as it's unfolding. And among the many, many speakers you have, I love that you're giving voice. I know you've been having at these rallies, you've been talking a lot about election integrity. Is this entire rally about election integrity or are we going to get yeah. off on COVID at all or other things? Well, let me just say how important this event is. This is a true story. I interviewed a lady about eight days ago. She and her husband uh, heard about the Reawaken America Tour events. She watched the entire event. Her husband did not. So when her husband came down with COVID-19, he immediately checked himself into a hospital without running it by his uh, wife. He just said, I don't think that I need to go there. True story. They put him on remdesivir uh. and mitazolam 
and he died because remdesivir and mitazolam are the protocols being pitched and pushed by the hospitals. The, 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 the protocol being recommended by the Centers for Disease Control calls for the implementation of remdesivir and mitazolam. Now, rem, now, folks, remdesivir is a drug patented by George Soros and China. And if you go to time2freeamerica.com, time2freeamerica.com, and you click on the button that says follow the money, you can see right there that remdesivir is a drug that causes renal failure that is patented by George Soros in China, and mitazolam is a breath suppressant. Now, if you have an upper respiratory infection called COVID-19, what could possibly go wrong if you have renal failure and you lose the ability to breathe? So she said her husband, and she, you know, tears in her eyes, I mean, it was a tough, a tough first phone call. She said her husband died. And she said they both got sick at the same time. And she said she literally just went to time2freeamerica.com, reached out to the doctors that we have listed there. And I wanted to celebrate these doctors. She said, I, I reached out to these doctors. I took the treatments that would work. And I got better in like, you know, a day. And he actually, I was actually worse off than he was. And so I wanted to give a, again, this is a life-saving event for somebody. So I encourage you to go to time2freeamerica.com. And uh, Debbie, I just want to brag on these or, or praise or encourage these, these these three doctors in particular. Vladimir Zelenko, Vladimir Zelenko, Dr. Zelenko, the, the doctor that was in, and was in touch with the Trump administration to make sure that Trump got the 100% effective treatments. Vladimir Zelenko, the doctor, he's treated 7,000 COVID-19 patients with only three deaths. Dr. Sherwood from Sherwood.tv, Sherwood.tv, this gentleman has treated 9,000 COVID-19 patients with zero deaths. And Dr. Jim Meehan has now treated 2,700 COVID-19 patients with zero deaths. In fact, there's a woman last night I interviewed. Her, her company is called OneCrossHealth.com. Her medical practice is called OneCrossHealth.com. And she's treated 1,500 COVID-19 patients using the treatments that she's heard about at the Time to Free America, Reawaken America events. So again, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're going to expose election fraud, yes, medical fraud, yes, and religious fraud. And Debbie, I know that's a controversial idea, but we have pastors out there today that apparently believe that a pandemic uh, based upon fraudulent statistics, remember, remember the entire pandemic was based upon the, the idea that these models said that 2.2 million Americans would die from COVID-19. Those models were false and funded by Bill Gates. The PCR tests are falsely calibrated to inflate the number of cases. And COVID-19 is 100% treatable using budesonide, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. I'm just telling you, this is this. We want to kill the spirit of fear, but there are many pastors that have bought into the narrative, and they're telling their congregation, "I recognize that the Gospel of Luke tells us to lay hands on the sick and to pray for those who who need a healing." But uh, you know, because mainstream media says we're in a pandemic, we probably need to socially distance and wear a mask. I, I mean, there, there are pastors out there actually encouraging people to take the COVID-19 vaccines. And for anybody out there who's just hearing this for the first time, I want to explain to you what is in the COVID-19 vaccines. If, if you were to read the ingredients list of what is in the COVID-19 vaccines, and by the way, this is the book called COVID-19, The Great Reset, written by Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, who's advocating for the ending of all individual property ownership and the ending of all individual countries and forming a one world government. This is Klaus Schwab. His book's called COVID-19, The Great Reset. These particular COVID-19 shots include SM-102 luciferase. Folks should look it up in DuckDuckGo. SM-102 luciferase. They include graphene oxide. And Debbie, this is, this is self-replicating technology. It's RNA-modifying self-replicating nanotechnology. What that means is that if you were to put the graphene oxide inside a container like this, a glass container, when hooked up to 5G technology, the graphene oxide self-replicates until it fills a given surface. In the COVID-19 shots, there's RNA-modified nanotechnology, there's graphene oxide, there's SM-102. There's so many nefarious things in there because it's all about Certificate of Vaccination IDAI. That's what COVID-19 stands for, Certificate of Vaccination IDAI. And we are living during uh, troubling times. I mean, the word corona, look at this, folks, the word corona. The C is the third letter of the alphabet. O is the 15th letter of the alphabet. R is the 18th letter of the alphabet. O is the 15th letter of the alphabet. N is the 14th letter of the alphabet. A is the first letter of the alphabet. If you add up the word corona, mathematically speaking, it is 666. And someone says, that's a conspiracy. Well, if you type into Google right now, type in HR666. Yes, 
Congress is working on legislation called H.R. 666. That's just that's just a coincidence. Well, if you type in H.R. 6666, do you understand that Congress is now working on legislation called H.R. 666 and H.R. 6666? And Google has recently changed their logo to be three sixes. Right now, I'm using a Google document, and I'm looking at it. It's three. Just type in Google Chrome logo 666. The symbology, the, the attempt to humiliate the people, as you mentioned during the opening monologue of the show, this of this desire from the deep state, from the elitists, to, hum, to humiliate America, to humiliate our soldiers, to uh, keep everybody socially isolated, to kill the morale of Americans— this cannot be allowed to happen, and that is why we are doing these Reawaken America tours. We're doing these Re Reawaken America tours to kill the spirit of fear, to share the truth about election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, and to give people a call to action. And if we're going to save this country, we've got to flip this country red with the blood of Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. Not, why not, not red with the, the red of the fake Republican Party. We've got to flip this country red with the blood of Jesus. We've got to get down on our knees and repent and recalibrate and recommit ourselves to God. I'm telling you. We have certain inalienable God-given rights as Americans that we've enjoyed, but we've allowed God to be ripped out of every institution, every organization, and we wonder why we live in a godless America right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the time to repent is now. Okay. You know what? I thank you for every single word you said. I so appreciate that. I do want to tell for our listeners if you are not yet a member of America Can We Talk, you should join, uh, and you can then have access to past interviews on the show. Just this past Thursday on our members-only show, we had on Dr. Peter McCullough, who gave so much more information than, I mean, honestly, I'm sitting there as a host trying to listen to him, take notes while he's talking. There's so much to understand, and this isn't just from, you know, people who aren't medical. These are actually uh, informed, well-informed doctors who've treated COVID patients, who've treated them, understand what works, and they're screaming from the rooftops trying to tell America, you know, there are great things you could be doing to take care of yourself and yep. recognize that you do not have that. You don't have to just accept kind of the um, the designation by the NIH and Dr. Fauci as the, the ruler over the world of medicine. There are there. It isn't you don't do it in any other context in life. You don't surrender to one person. Do what they say. You surrender your life to Christ, but you don't surrender your human life to yep. one person. You go to numerous doctors and I cannot urge you strongly enough Listen to some of these doctors. And the other great point I want to hit on and then go back to the, uh, your fundraiser. But the other great thing I really, really want to encourage people to think about, that book that you just saw Clay Clark holding up, I, I didn't bring it with me today, but I have it too, The COVID-19 Reset. If you think any of this is kind of, you know, um, I don't know, you know, conspiracy theory is not really true. It's exaggerated. This guy, Klaus Schwab, he is actually saying this is our great opportunity. We, the globalists, we, the one world government, whatever you want to call them, the Great Reset people, this is our chance to exploit the fear we've created from COVID, exploit right. the fact people are fearful and, and they're afraid of getting sick, and use that to seize and create the government that they want to have, which eliminates America, eliminates nation states. This is not conspiracy theory stuff. You can read it in his book, and he's proud of it. He's saying it's a great thing. Life is going to be better. In fact, one thing he says is you won't own any property, you won't own yeah. anything, and you won't care. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Clay. I can hear you trying to say something. No, I was going to say I 100% agree with you. I just put out a video on, on our Rumble.com channel. If you go to uh, Rumble.com and you search for Thrive Time Show, I just put out a show the other day. It's an excerpt of Klaus Schwab explaining how brain chips must be put into human minds. It has to happen. It, it, it's not an option. It just has to happen. We need to put chips in human minds. I mean, this is part of their plan. They have no problem forcing the implementation of this. And all I can say right now is people say, Clay, wow, you're, you're being pretty outspoken, brother. You're being pretty bold. Wow. I mean, I wrote this book called Fear Unmasked. My literary agent represents Tim Tebow. Her name is Esther Federkevin. She represents myself and Jensen Franklin. And so many people are going, your book got banned from Amazon. Wow. Well, I mean, that's crazy. You know, people th think I'm crazy. Wow, this is intense. This guy's intense. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just Paul Revering right now. I'm telling <laughs> you, globalists are coming. The globalists are coming because the globalists are coming. And so, and, and people say, well, how come so many people are buying tickets to your events? How does that work? And I want to get into the mechanics briefly. If you go to timetofreeamerica.com, timetofreeamerica.com, I'm there right now. When you go there, you're going to notice our April event was sold out. June was sold out in Tampa. Anaheim was sold out in July. August in Grand Rapids was sold out. 
Colorado Springs is sold out. November, we're coming to San Antonio. And San Antonio has 140 tickets left for that, 140 tickets left for San Antonio. And then Dallas, Texas, we just dipped under 1,800 tickets left for Dallas, Texas in December. And the reason why we're doing these events is we're trying to reawaken America, which is why you can name your price. All you got to do is go to timetofreeamerica.com and request a ticket. And a member of my team will actually call you. It's crazy, but we're going to try to vet you. You got to bring your ID to get into the event. Yes, we have to have top level security. We've got to have great videography, photography, screens, wonderful speakers. You know, there's a lot of details to go into it. But the point is, we want every single person to be able to afford these events. And, and Debbie, I don't, I don't mean to attack anybody out there that's had, you know, high dollar events in the past for Patriots. But you know what I'm talking about. A lot of people have lost their jobs this year because right. of the lockdowns. And I don't want only the elite to be able to get to this. I mean, I grew up poor. And I was able to achieve success because of the freedoms that I, I was blessed with. But I feel that it's, it's time for me to sacrifice. It's time for others to sacrifice. So we're making this event financially affordable for anybody. And if you go to timetofreeamerica.com, you can request you can request those tickets. But I encourage everybody, circle your calendar, write it down, put it in your phone, do a phone alarm right now. September 24th and 25th, join us, stream it online, Colorado Springs from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And let's see how much money we can raise to support the families, the families, the surviving families of all 13 soldiers killed in Afghanistan. We're never going to forget these heroes. General Flynn is calling this Heroes Never Forgotten, a celebration of life. And I'm telling I, you, General Yeah, I love Flynn that. Go ahead. Go ahead. General, I'm just telling you, General Flynn loves these people. He called me today so excited, but in a sincere, reverent way. He said, Clay, we are going to show the families of these 13 soldiers how much we love them. We are going to show them. And I said, absolutely, sir. And I just want you to know today, already today, I have now 36 media outlets that have agreed to stream this event. But if you go to timetofreeamerica.com, you can find them there. And uh, Epoch Times is now working working with us. The Flyover Conservatives, uh, Stu Peters Show, uh, and Steve Bannon, Eric Naputi, American Faith, Right Side Broadcast. So many people are teaming up with us to make this a possible. Uh, make this possible. It is going to be like an old school telethon to raise money to support these people because once the members of our military know that the American people are with them, that changes everything. It sure does. I want to mention one quick point about all the different topics you're going to hit on there on COVID, on election fraud, on pa on the pastors and faith and everything. It's a really important thing to think about. Which side is encouraging Americans to read and think for themselves? And which yep. side is saying, we tell you truth and you just, you just salute and do what we say? That is so un-American. And for Americans, we love, we, we're, we're founded on freedom. We encourage people. You encourage your own children when you're raising them up. Think for yourselves. Read. Learn. Why is it that the government messaging on all these topics is, don't read, don't think, and do what we say? It, it's well, just breathtaking. If you go to timetofreeamerica.com, I reference this site so much because I take all of the uh, information given to me by some of the world's leading experts. They, they send it to me, and I organize it every morning between the hours of 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. usually. But if you go to and you, you click on the button here that says the truth about the mainstream media, this is, this is frightening. This is crazy, but this is true. Six corporations now control 90% of the media outlets in America. There's an illusion of choice and, of, and objectivity that's it's really uh, disturbing. Also, if you click on the button called the truth about renting religious leaders, this is wild. When you follow the money and you see how many religious organizations are now funded and controlled by George Soros, there are many religious leaders who are pushing the COVID-19 vaccines. And when you follow the money, virtually every time you will find that these pastors have massive, massive, massive wallets, massive buildings, and massive connections to George Soros. Let, let me read something to you from the Gospel of Luke. And, and I know this is uh, controversial to read the Bible to some people, not to your <laughs> listeners, some people. Luke chapter 9 says, And then he called his 12 disciples, so Jesus called his 12 disciples, and he gave them authority over all devils. And to cure diseases, folks, write that down. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, he said unto them, so I want you to write this down. Taking nothing for your journey, he says, take nothing for your journey. Neither staves nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house ye enter into, there abide and thence depart. And whosoever will not, 
receive you when ye go out of that city. Shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Notice, Jesus instructed his disciples to go from town to town, putting hands on the sick, curing diseases, casting out devils. And he told them, don't bring a lot of stuff with you. Remember that Bible verse where it says, what, you know, what good does it do? What good is it to, to, uh, to gain the world, right? To gain the whole world, but to lose your soul in the process. Remember that Matthew 6, 26, it says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits to his soul? So many of these pastors, Debbie, they have taken so much money. They have such big buildings and they have, they, they have such a fear of losing it all. You know, what if, what if we go against the narrative and what if, what if we, the giving goes down? You know, what if we offend somebody? What if, wasn't Jesus, Debbie, I mean, you've read the Bible. Wasn't Jesus fairly offensive? I mean, I believe that the <laughs> Jesus that I've read about, he flipped tables. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm a passionate guy. And yes, there's been some times in my business career where I've had to say some things and I, maybe I said it in a way or I did say it in a way where I should have said it with a little more nuance and tact. Um, but this is what it says in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 through 13. And Jesus went into the temple and cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of the of them that sold doves, doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. I don't know what Jesus would do with the modern church, but there are so many churches right now in Dallas, Texas, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, all over this country that refuse to end this ridiculous social distancing, the mask mandates, they refuse to do it because they have turned their churches into, ladies and gentlemen, they've turned their houses of worship into, what? Yes, yes, they've turned it into a den of thieves. That's what they've done. And now they've, they've turned their, their churches not into a house of prayer, but it's into a den of thieves. They've, they've turned it into some sort of uh, self-help organization that's trying to stay relevant with the word the world. If you read again the Gospel of Matthew, it talks about salt. Salt. What? Salt? It talks about salt. Everybody, I'm, I'm trying to give you Bible verses that you can look up later today. This is Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It says, ye are the salt of the earth. Christians, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt lo loses the, the savor, wherewith, this, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. What is the purpose of a church, Debbie, if they will not speak the truth? What is the purpose? Uh, amen. I, I could not agree more. We've had the, on this show in different contexts had this conversation over and over and over how many and what you're describing, how the uh, money has gotten into the churches and drawing them into supporting this, the Soros agenda. In fact, we could go off on this and I have a whole other story, but I can't do it because we're about out of time. I do want to ask you again, back to your conference in Colorado and people are watching online, streaming online. You're going to actually have running across the bottom telling people how they can donate to help the families of these precious American right. soldiers who lost their lives. It's going to be like a, like a type in here and and give your credit card? What's, how's it going to work? Well, it's going to be something like you've never seen before. You know, a lot of times you have these events where the keynote guy, you know, like a General Flynn, he might come out to speak for 30 minutes or so. Throughout the day, he's going to be coming up on stage with me and thanking individuals who are donating. So at the bottom of the screen, it'll say, donate and support the families of those killed in Afghanistan. He'll be coming up, giving us updates, celebrating people who are giving. And uh, anybody who donates will have a chance to spend an entire day with General Flynn behind the scenes, getting a chance to meet the man. He just wants to help raise some money to support these families and to wrap his arms around them and let them know that he loves these people. And I'm telling you, folks, if you see General Flynn behind the stage, whatever you think he's like based upon his interviews, he's better. He's a better man behind the stage. That man loves Jesus Christ and that man loves this country. He does. Clay Clark, that's a perfect ending note. I'm so glad we happened to talk this morning. Realize yes. you were available to join me today. Thank you so much for joining and for, for all you're doing. I love these rallies. I love your informing people and they leave inspired and ready to march on and take the suggestions your uh, speakers have about how to get in the fight. So thank you for all you're doing. Hey, and thank you for breaking the news about Dr. Richard Bartlett treating so many people with budesonide. That has literally saved the lives of millions of people it throughout has. the world. I keep hearing about that interview. Thank you for your courage. Have a great day. You too, sir. Thanks for joining me. Okay, well, folks, so we're, I'm going to work with our studio here to try to live stream that event that he was just talking about, Clay Clark was talking about in Colorado Springs. 
because I do think what they do, they end up bringing, there's something about having an event, being in person, and realizing, oh, I'm not the only one who's been worried about this, who sees it this way. In-person events are great. So I guess I should take this quick plug before I hit my last two topics. I don't know if Matt can switch it fast enough, but I have an event coming up here in Dallas on September 18th. It's one week this coming Saturday, and it is a summit here with just extraordinary great speakers hitting top issues facing America today. And this is a, I want to have, if he's got that... Um, the flyer we created, I'll quick show you our speakers. I mean, you won't believe what great. We, we now, we've, as you see, added, added Alveda King, added um, Frank Gaffney. Uh, we have someone talking, a huge expert talking about China, Gordon Chang. We have election integrity, which is my next topic. You won't believe the news out of Arizona. It'll be a great day. All it's missing is you. Matt can show you next to you, uh, where you go to buy tickets. Look across the bottom, events.americacanwetalk.org. You will not regret it. Go there, buy tickets, show up on Saturday, December 18th in Dallas. You won't regret it. It's going to be a great, great event. I also want to encourage you to join this show, but I'll put that off for another day. Actually, I'll say it quickly. If you join America Can We Talk, you get to be part of our Thursday shows. There are one-day-a-week member shows. And though tomorrow, our guest is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is nationally renowned, a black conservative, a former military, former army, you know, fought in Afghanistan. And he's the real deal fighter, um, real deal American, former member of Congress, uh, former chairman of the Texas GOP, and now running for governor in Texas. He's in studio with us. You can call in questions. You can... Uh, you can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com and send in your questions, but you got to be a member. So join America Can We Talk. Go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, and on that homepage, hit the word members across the top, and it'll pop right up. You hit join. It is very inexpensive. It's practically free, and it's a great bargain for you to get to be part of our Thursday shows. Okay, I'm going to hit two other quick topics today, and they're hugely important. And I, 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 I'll tell you, when Trump was running for president before he won, um, I had a friend who started doing this, spelling the word huge as in huge, and she, would, and she hadn't been a Trump supporter in the beginning, and then she became one, and she would send me these huge, huge, well, huge news out of Arizona. And I want to um, just tell you briefly that what, what has happened. The audit's going on. If you're like me here, week after week, they're saying, okay, next week, the audit results should be ready by next week, and then another next week, and then another next week. And you're like, what the heck is happening? And this audit, again, in Arizona is only of one county, Maricopa County, which happens to be the most popular populous county, but Arizona is one of the numerous states which many, many statistical mathematical experts are saying Trump really won, even though it went to, it was awarded to Biden. So in Arizona, part of the process, besides reviewing the ballots, which was a huge battle to get the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to agree to allow, to, in fact, they were forced by court order to allow the, the uh, county, recounting of the ballots. And the other facet of it is, which is very important to understand, there's a concept, there's a term called canvassing. And in case you don't know, it's one thing to sit there and count ballots, count, 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 count your piece of paper. Canvassing is where you have the records and you say, okay, you know, this, uh, on this street, on this house, on this street, you know, at 250 Main Street, our records show that 17 voters voted from this house. And so canvassing means... You go to the house and you just say, hi, you know, we we're uh, canvassing the election. We're trying to understand uh, the election outcome. Our state records show that 17 people voted from this house, 250 Main Street. And the person you're talking to says, well, we did vote, but there are only two of us. So only two people really voted. Two people who are, have this address in the state's election records actually voted. And so canvassing allows them, allows the state to go not just to a house and verify who voted or who didn't. That's one piece of it. But it also allows them to go to every address that's in the system. People give some address when they register to vote, and they're finding an address which consists of an empty lot. Well, obviously, no one lives there. So someone voting for an empty lot is probably a fraudulent voter. So the state of Arizona wanted to have a canvassing done by the Senate, by the government, saying, look, you know, we can, counting ballots is one thing, but we don't know who sent these in. We need to do canvassing to figure out who really sent these in. Well, part of what happened was the um, Biden administration 
the Department of Justice under Biden issued an order, sent a letter to the state of Arizona, to the state Senate saying, if you engage in this kind of canvassing, if you do it, you know, you are going to be, you may be criminally prosecuted because it's viewed as voter intimidation. Now, let me be clear. The canvassers were never going to go and say, hey, it says here, you know, uh, Mr. John Smith, that you voted for Biden. Is that right? It is not that kind of intimidation where how you vote is even being discussed. The question is, did you vote how many voters from this address? But they were threatened. The Senate was threatened and said, and they don't want to be criminally prosecuted. And the Department of Justice trying their best to prevent the kind of canvassing that everyone understands is needed. This is, what, this is what a serious audit must entail, is canvassing, knocking on doors, just saying, you know, were you here and did you vote? And how many people in this household voted? So the, the state wouldn't do it. So a woman who was, uh, I believe she had been a candidate, but she organized her own canvassing. So she's not doing it on behalf of the state, but she's organizing her own people her own volunteers and getting the data, publicly available data about the number of people and, and, at each address and how they voted. This is just Maricopa County. And so they went around and knocked on 11,000 doors, 11,000 households. And so this is not a sample of 10 people. 11,000 households is a large sample. Even for a poll, it would be a huge sample in a formal poll. They knocked at 11,000. All they basically said is, hello, we have the, you know, we're looking, we're double checking our records in Arizona. We understand that from this address, from this resident, we, residence, we have X number voted. And they have the names, you know, did John Smith vote from here? Did Mary Smith vote from here? Did Nellie Sue vote from here? I mean, they, they have the names, not how they voted, but did they vote? So they went and knocked on doors to ask these questions. They knocked on 11,000 doors and they got 4,900 people to answer the door. 4,900 people answered the door and answered their questions and said, yeah, you know, we did vote or no, we didn't vote or uh, no, we only have two people here. It wasn't that large number you just said. So they're getting data showing two different kinds of problems. I want to tell you what these terms mean before I show you these statistics. So one problem is they call them ghost votes. Ghost is in Casper the Friendly Ghost. Ghost votes, meaning mail-in votes. Votes are mailed in and counted, cast in the name of registered voters at this address where they're knocking on the door. Hi, we have registered, you know, mail-in ballot came from this address. So it's mail-in votes cast in the name of registered voters that who are unknown to the person at the registered address or verified as having moved away before the November elections. So that's a ghost voter. A ghost voter means, you know, somebody voted using this address, but the person doesn't really exist. That was a fake vote, it was a lie. It was a fake vote. Ghost voter, that's one thing. So ghost voter, again, it is people's, there was ballots cast with names on it at that address. And when they knock on the door and they say, hey, you know, did Mary Smith vote from this address? And the answer is no, she doesn't live here, never heard of her, uh, she moved away five years ago. The other category are lost votes. And also in this canvassing door-to-door, -door, lost votes, and that means registered voters who stated when you knocked on the door and say, hi, you know, we're checking in on your, on, on, we're trying to verify our election records in the state of Arizona. These are registered resident voters who said in response to the person at the door that they did vote by mail-in ballot, but there's no record of that vote. Meaning the person said, yeah, yeah, I, I did. I voted by mail-in ballot. And they, the person doing the canvassing with the data, the documents right in front of them is saying, well, actually, your vote was never counted. Your, your ballot never made it wasn't counted. So we have ghost voters and we have lost votes. Ghost voters are fake votes. Lost votes are the people who voted, but it wasn't counted somehow. So the number of people in Maricopa County, so what this group did, they, as I say, knocked 11,000 houses, they got 4,900 people who answered the door and, and answered their questions. So in this, this uh, sample size, they found huge levels of error, huge levels of error, huge numbers of ghost voters, people who don't exist, but they voted from that, that address, or people who did vote and said their vote was lost. 
So they took those numbers, the actual numbers they got from the canvassing, and then they transposed them, or they, they, um, they, I don't know what the right word is mathematically, but they took the numbers that they actually had, and they said, okay, if you apply that number to the entire number of voters in Maricopa County, if this was an accurate sample size, this is an accurate sample, you know, so we just transitioned those numbers. We uh, got 4,900 people, but now we're going to look and see, you know, the total number of voters. And you take that data, the answer is, as they, these numbers were a big statistical sampling, it means the outcome in Maricopa County, there were 96,000 ghost votes. 96,000 votes cast in Maricopa County by people who at, at registered some address who don't live there and the people who live there never heard of them. 96,000 ghost votes and 173,000, 173,000 lost votes. Again, they're saying they took their sample size and then they took those same percentages and put them in the total of the actual number of voters in Maricopa County and they came up with 96,000 ghost votes and 173,000 lost votes. People, this is huge. Or as Trump always said, huge. This is what the government wasn't permitted to do because the Department of Justice, I'll tell you, the last thing that people who want to cheat in voting, the last thing they want, okay, the very last thing they want is ever cleaning the voter rolls. You realize how hysterical leftists get if you ever say we need to actually clean the voter rolls. We should be removing people who passed away. We should be removing people who moved out of state. Every effort to clean the voter rolls, and you have the left-wing mob, the left-wing in America, and the media echo chamber jumping into the fray and saying, oh my gosh, they're trying to, they're trying to uh, deny people the right to vote. They're pulling people out of the voter rolls. Uh, they, this is corruption. This is outrageous. I mean, they fight the legitimate cleaning of the voter rolls, and the only thing they hate, maybe, maybe it's equal, I don't know, which they hate more or less, but canvassing. Canvassing, like this woman did, canvassing, gets to undeniable truth. And this is why the leftists hate it so much. This is why the DOJ threatened the Senate Republicans in Arizona against canvassing, saying they might actually be violating the Voting Rights Act by knocking on doors and just saying, hey, how many voters in this house? Or you know, We have these three names. Did you all live here and you all voted? Is that right? That was, that was a voter intimidation tactic. Now, I'm going to tell you, folks, the DOJ knows that's not voter intimidation. They know that. But it is the one legal hook they had to threaten the Senate Republicans. So there you have it. A private citizen does it, and you get these answers. And this data, uh, I mean, you cannot dismiss this data. In fact, I'll just tell you, in the great state of or in, um, in Arizona, Biden's alleged margin of victory was only 11,000 votes. He won, allegedly, by 11,000 votes when you had 96,000 ghost votes and 173,000 lost votes. It's a huge story. You're not going to hear it out of the media because the last thing they want to do is have Americans continue to question and talk about the, um, the voter rolls. And I wanted to say, on this topic, I, I talk, I, mean, I do a lot of political speaking. I talk to people all the time about politics. You can hear people, and on the conservative side of the aisle, you hear the argument, you know, the, the uh, Bill Barr argument, oh, there might have been some election fraud, but, you know, it wasn't enough to change the election. But you actually hear conservatives say, or at least, you know, people on the right side of the aisle say, well, you know, there was a lot of bad stuff, and it was really bad, and it might have been election fraud on a massive scale, and it might have even, you know, uh, changed the election outcome, but we got to drop it, let it go. Let it go. Move forward. Get on with the fight for 2022. Win the election of 2022. And people, number one, if these fraudulent methods the left has used resulted in a fraudulent election and every method they used is still intact, is still available, it is absurd to think that you're going to have a fair election in 2022 when you haven't outlawed or prevented the tactics they use to cheat in 2020. And number two, and even more important on this point, they get to one more story, but weren't really important on this point. In any other arena of law, 
if you came across a, an actual fraud, an embezzlement of money, or someone robbed a bank, or someone, you know, a couple divorcing and the husband hid the assets and the wife discovered 20 years later, hey, wait a minute, I knew he hid money. Look at all this money. We now have proof. We do not in our country, in America, and based on the rule of law, we do not say, oh, well, you know what? He got away with it. Move on. We'll just try to fix it better next time. We allow the rescission of the contract. We, we, I mean, we have a legal remedy in every other context. And part of the argument about that people say, when they say, well, just let it go, they say, well, yeah, but you know, we don't have a method in place in America to fix this problem. Even if it's true that Trump won in a landslide, which I firmly believe is true, even if Trump won in a landslide, here we are. We're in September of Biden's first term. We can't just chain undo the election. We don't have a legal mechanism to do that. And it's true, this is an unprecedented time in America, unprecedented legal issue, uncharted territory, unknown how you deal with it in American law. But the answer cannot be that America has to live under a senile, tyranny-driven administration, a senile president, a tyranny-driven administration that is right and left, crushing rights of America, Americans, and say, well, you know, we don't have a, we can't fix it because we have no vehicle to fix it. The answer has to be, it has to be fixed. When the evidence is clear that Trump won, and Arizona is just the start. They say dominoes are going to go. They're looking closely again at Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Georgia. Lots and lots of evidence already right at the fore to show that the same kind of antic shenanigans and uh, sinister deception occurred in those states. And there actually was fraud that changed the outcome in those states. At some point, when that's clear, the American people have to stand up and say, we have to fix this. We're not going to live under Biden and Harris because they didn't win. And I don't know what that method is. Maybe it's a method at the Supreme Court, which I have very little faith in right now, but maybe it's a method at the Supreme Court. They say, you know what? We're just going to have to, going to have to find an equitable remedy. The Supreme Court has broad equitable power. They have something they can do to fix it, whether it is call a new election, whether it is to withdraw the certification in the states where massive fraud is proven, allow the state to redo, whatever it is, there may be many tactics, but the answer should not be in America. And believe me, if Republicans had pulled this off and Trump was in, but Biden really won, you got to know every media outlet in America once the fraud was proven, we'll be saying, you have to fix this. This is unconscionable. It can't last one more day. We have to find the courage and the backbone on the conservative side of the aisle to say, we're not going to let this stand. I don't know the remedy, and I, but I know that the Supreme Court can come up with one. I don't want America to end up in, in a civil war, but there are people talking like that. But we have to stand up as a people, not just because, not just because of how radically left the Biden administration has turned because they are radically left. They are Marxists and they're putting the Marxist agenda in place right in front of us, but because we don't tolerate a stolen election. We fix it because we're Americans and we stand for integrity and truth. And we're not going to allow a fraud, which was the 2020 election to stand and force on the American people an agenda the people didn't choose. One last quick story. Speaking of fraud, I'm going to be very, very quick about it because I'm, I'm pretty much out of time. I'll just uh, say this about it. There was a discovery of documents, uh, a Freedom of Information Act request uh, that documents finally got provided, uh, which essentially showed that Dr. Fauci did, through the NIH, through his subset of the NIH, so the NIAI, whatever his little division is, they did fund gain-of-function research in China that led to the creation of the COVID-19 virus. You remember there was a big uh, tussle on the floor of the Senate. Rand Paul had said, uh, he asked Dr. Fauci, uh, didn't you fund gain-of-function research? And Fauci said, no, no, no. And, and Rand Paul called him a liar. And, and then Fauci said, no, if anyone's lying, it's you. Well, uh, 
Rand Paul is out saying this new, these new documents now released show that Fauci lied. We don't have time to get into it today, but Rand Paul is not mincing his words. And he's a very, um, he's a very uh, responsible, you know, he's not a hothead. He's very responsible, even keeled, thoughtful, well-educated, substantive guy. He does not lightly say the words lied. And Rand Paul is out saying now that the new Wuhan documents finally released on this FOIA request show that Fauci lied. And actually, he did America's funding. He was not just America's money, but Fauci himself was aware of the gain-of-function research being attached to the coronavirus and aware that this virus, which came from a lab, and apparently Fauci knew that too, um, was very dangerous, and we participated in its creation. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but the American people are entitled to the truth about that. And if it really is as clear as Rand Paul is saying it is, Fauci should be out. Everyone who participated in that should be out. Not just because they participated in gain-of-function research, which have been outlawed here, but because they lied. They lied. They said, oh, no, no, we don't, we don't have any idea. We, we, really, we didn't do that. And they did, apparently. So if Rand Paul's right, the idea that we cannot allow, allow a lie of that magnitude to stand in America and say, well, you know, what are we going to do? They lie, but yeah, people lie. What are you going to do? And move on. Can't do that unacceptable in America. The American people have a lot of standing up to do. So again, I'll urge you, if you haven't uh, been listening to the rest of the show, I'll urge you, come to our conference on Saturday, September 18th. Go to americacanwetalk.org on that homepage. There's a beautiful flyer that shows our speakers. Click on that, uh, click on that bottom button that says register. Sign up. We'll have fabulous fabulous guests talking to us about all the great issues facing America, including COVID. Um, and I urge you to be here and then be part of the army of people who are standing up and speaking up to defend and save America. At the end of every show, at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started out, seems like so long ago, uh, Taliban, September 11th, a message to America. Obama swapped five Taliban Gitmo prisoners for Bo Bergdahl, arguably a traitor, definitely a deserter. Four out of those five released Taliban are to be sworn in on 9-11 as Afghan government ministers. It is an in-your-face in-your-face action by Taliban. The 20-year anniversary of 9-11 be marked by U.S. surrender to the Taliban in Afghanistan. There's no possible chance that this is an outcome desired by the American people, but it is the outcome desired by Obama, Biden, and the radical left, diminishing America's role in the world, preparing Americans and the world to reject national identity in favor of their great Marxist reset. And that's what we're watching happen. The, the ruling class, deep state, and mainstream media think the American people will just shrug and take it. Will they? Uh, at least not my listeners. Anyway, and then we talked about huge Arizona news. Arizona Volunteer Election Canvassing Group completed a very extensive canvas of Arizona voting precincts in Maricopa County, including Maricopa County, and produced a written report. The effort is independent of the Arizona legislature's forensic audit results still pending. Projecting from a huge statistical sampling, 11,000 households, 4,900 people responded. There were 96,000 ghost votes, meaning mail-in votes, cast in the name of registered voters unknown to the resident at the registered address or verified as having moved away prior to the election. And 173,000 lost votes, meaning registered resident voters who stated that they voted by mail-in ballot, as to which there's no record of their vote. Biden's winning margin in Arizona was 11,000 votes. Public pressure to decertify Arizona electors is mounting. And will there be dominoes? Many people say there will. Other states doing the same thing. And Senator Rand Paul Fauci lied and thousands died. That's my word. He didn't say those, but he said Fauci lied. Word parsing and contextual nuancing will not obscure the reality. Senator Rand Paul says Dr. Anthony Fauci lied to Congress about his directed funding of gain-of-function research, which is the research underlying the creation of COVID-19. Disturbing, dark questions are going to proliferate. Why did he lie about the funding of gain-of-function research? Why did he initially dispute the Wuhan lab leak theory, which he had to know was true? 
Why did he deliberately suppress information about early effective COVID therapies? At what point does his suppression of those therapies cross the line to lies about these therapies? Why is he pushing the mandatory vaccination of children, a whole other topic we get to another day? He's pushing that and there's no justification. Will Americans trust the answers of a now proven liar? What will be the ripple effect of Fauci's lying? Will, there, will it be global in impact? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Again, join today, join before tomorrow. You can be part of the Thursday show with our very, very special guest, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. And tune in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show, America Can We Talk, to stand up and speak up for the extraordinary blessing of America, the unique blessing of a country rooted and founded on individual freedom. I do this show to speak up for America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can